Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, it's Weinman Weinman will join us to discuss Time Finder. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Sign show. Well, every year we make resolutions with every intention of making them happen this time. With the coming of the new year, we sense a fresh start on the horizon, but by the second week or even uh, sooner than that, resolutions are a distant memory. How come so many people have difficulty making what tends to be a personal goal become a reality? Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Ms. Mitzi Weinman. Ms. Weinman is the founder of TimeFinder, which offers practical approaches to personal productivity. She has penned the new book, It's About Time, Transforming Chaos into Calm A to Z, in which she has advice for individuals who are looking to achieve their goals and really how to make their resolutions happen. And Ms. Weinman, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Thank you so much for having me, Charles. Uh, Well, certainly our pleasure. Certainly a fascinating book that you've written here. It's about time, transforming chaos into calm, A to Z. I'm, I'm curious, why did you decide to write this book? I decided to write the book because many of my clients and friends had suggested doing that. I'd been writing newsletters for many, many years, helping people with their time, having tips in there for time, clutter, balance. And several people said, you know, you could just write a book. And it complements my business, which is TimeFinder, doing workshops as well as speaking and coaching. And it just seemed like it was the time to do that. And it just made good sense. So have you always been uh, hyper-organized? No, no. Actually, when I was growing up, it's so funny when people think I'm really organized and they ask me about it. But when I was growing up, my father had a sign on my bedroom door and it read, Cleanliness is next to godliness. Welcome to the gates of hell. I was not very organized and I was not someone who would put my things away. And I was also hugely a procrastinator. I would wait till the very last minute to do schoolwork and study for tests or projects. And it really had an impact on me growing up because I would go into school and I would keep my head down. I didn't want to be called on. And it really was stressful. And so when I had gone off to school and kind of changed my ways and how I approached things, and then several years after being out in the working world, decided to, to begin and start TimeFinder, I really wanted people to, to get the energy back and feel really more in control of themselves because they were better organized, they planned better, and, and know what I had felt when all of a sudden I kind of I turned it around because it's a great, great feeling. So how did you make that transition? Well, I decided, I guess, to close the gates of hell to what I did was when I went off to college, I realized I had a, um, I, I had a fresh start. I, I had a dorm room that was not filled with clutter and stuff, and I couldn't bring a lot of things with me because I was traveling almost halfway across the country. And I just thought, you know what, what the way I was approaching school was just not working. 
so I decided to do better planning to really use the syllabus that the teachers, you know, professors gave out and really think through how I was going to get my schoolwork done. And it made a tremendous amount of difference in reducing my stress in the way of not procrastinating. And when we can reduce our stress, our mind is a little bit clearer and we can learn more and we can just enjoy things more as well. And so that was kind of the, the, the moment. And then throughout my career, it seemed like I was organizing other people because of, of my work. I was an administrative assistant and then I went into sales and had to stay on top of what I was doing and making sure I followed through with my, with my clients or, or prospects. And it just was kind of a natural fit. And so... When my last job was eliminated, uh, with, when I was working for the Chicago Tribune, I decided to, to start my own business, and I helped somebody in real estate first, and then realized that there was something to all this organization and people needing help, and that was kind of the start of all of it. So what really is the basis, do you think, of good self-management, if you will? Well, and you use the word self-management, which is really great because a lot of people use the word time management. And one of the things that I really stress is that you cannot manage time. You can't slow it down, you can't speed it up, and you can't stop it. So what you really are doing is looking at how you manage yourself. So there are several things that you can do to help with that. And one is to plan, and plan at the end of the day. Plan at the end of the day when you're putting closure to your day so that you can be less stressful at home, you can be more in the moment when you're, when you're not at work, and you can uh, get ready for your next, the next day. Because when you go into work the next day or wherever you start your, your day, you want to start your day doing the priorities. You want to start doing things that are of higher priority first thing in the morning or something that you're truly dreading because then your day is really starting off being truly productive. You're getting the things done that absolutely need to get done. And if you work from higher priority, lower priority throughout your day, by the end of the day, you're working on things that are less important and it's easier to go home at the end of the day. I think I'm all for going home at the end of the day and kind of leaving the work behind. And so by planning at the end of the day and then going in and starting off doing the priorities, so many of my clients, I can't even tell you from workshops or speaking who have done this, they say it has just tremendously impacted their, their productivity. It's huge. It can be kind of difficult, though, for implementing those priorities. How do you recommend uh, actually following through, if you will, on priorities that you've set? Well, set... That takes the discipline of really understanding what your day is looking like and not overfilling your day with so many tasks and to-dos that you water your day down with the things that aren't necessary to be doing on that particular day. And so when you start to plan your day and you get your tasks or to-dos into some sort of a planner or calendar system, whether it's electronic or paper, you really have an opportunity to see what your day is looking like and looking at, you know, how many meetings you might have, how many hours you're going to be in some meetings, and also then how do you get the other work that you need to get done done. It's really not making wish lists of things that you want to get done and, and having 20 or 30 items that you look at early in the morning and say, eh, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to get any of this stuff done. So you're already self-defeated before you've ever, ever started your day. You just, you just drain your energy. 
so you really look at how you're planning and making sure that you're strategic in looking at that and that you're really careful about what you're putting in as far as your tasks for the day. And then when you're looking at those and you're prioritizing, you know, if one of the questions to ask, if I'm only allowed to do one thing today and one thing only, what would that one thing be? And you look at what that one thing is, that's the thing you really need to do. And you have to have that, that kind of that discipline, but you have to know what's on your plate. You can't just have stuff all in your head stressing you out and try, or, or sticky things all around you or papers with lots and lots of to-do lists. You really have to fine-tune it, and one of the best ways to do that is to use some sort of planner system, Google Calendar, Outlook, or even a paper planner. Do you have particular advice for families? Um, one of the ways to do this when you're a family is to start, like you're at the beginning, so it's a great place to begin um, by really having good communication skills. It's really sitting down and talking about the calendar and what's on your plate, what's on your wife's plate, and really coordinating your schedules. As your, as your child gets older, it's going to be really helpful to do that and then start once they're able to start involving them in the conversation as far as homework and things that they have going on and, and their deadlines and projects that are due and making sure that you keep those, that communication open, making sure that you're keeping your calendars updated with what's going on, who's picking up who, who's dropping off who, who's making the lunch, who's, who's getting the, you know, the, the backpack or the diaper bag ready to go, and making sure that you're having those conversations. It really makes a tremendous amount of difference to have that communication going and also having the calendar really as a great tool to, as a focus of what you're talking about. A lot of spent time now is spent on uh, social media, which uh, can be a great thing, but can also be a, a big time sink. Uh, how can we manage dealing with all these different things vying for our attention? I, you know, if you have your own business or a part of what your work really is, and it involves social media, you need to be strategic. You need to be focused on how are you going to use Facebook? How are you going to use LinkedIn? If you work for a company and it's social media is really truly social, then you have to really be careful about when you're going on those different social media pages and making sure that you're not taking away from your own productivity and from what your employer is expecting of you by getting on social media throughout your day and making comments or watching videos of cute dogs and cute kids and things like that. You really need to look at, you know, is this something that you should be doing at lunch? Probably better than doing it at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. Is this something that you should be doing when you go home or want to be doing when you're going home? Then then by all means, on your own time. But be really, really careful with how you're using social media when you're working and because it will take away and eat up your productivity and it will start to impact your deadlines and that will start to impact your performance evaluations and how people are looking at you. So you have to really be careful, but be strategic about it. Hmm. Oftentimes uh, at work, we're asked to do uh, more than we can handle. How do we say no to those uh, tasks to uh, keep ourselves prioritized? Well, saying no is, is can be a little bit tricky when it's at work. However, there are still things that you can do to 
to say no or to say what I call a positive no, which is really finding out more information about what somebody's asking you. Many times people use words like I need it right away or I need it ASAP, and reality is that's not the case. So it's to try to delve down a little bit and find out when something is actually needed or suggest, because I also tell people to delete that phrase, when do you need it by out, but if somebody says they need it ASAP, then you want to say, well, well, I can get that to you by such and such a date. Will that work? And so you start to look at how you can negotiate a little bit of your time, and you're not giving somebody else control over your time. But sometimes it's to say, I've got these projects going on right now. Maybe we need to sit down with my manager to see if how I'm going to be able to fit this in, or what are we going to take away, or who else can we get involved in this so that we can make sure we're meeting your deadline. So you want to come up with some options that make sense, and you want to be seen as a team player when you're doing things at work. If it's something that someone's asking you to do outside of work, to be on a committee or to get involved in something else in your community, then you want to be careful about what you're saying no to or yes to and making sure that it's something that you really have passion about and you're not doing something just out of guilt. And if you're going to say no to somebody, you want to say, you know, something like this isn't a great time, but I would I would love you to, you know, get back in touch with me or please feel free to get back in touch with me so I can help on another project or I can do a part of this project, but I can't do all of it. So let's see what, what piece I might be able to do. But never, ever, ever say to somebody, I'm too busy because that is just kind of a little slap in the face because we are all so busy and we don't want to, we want people to really Saying that is just really not a good thing, especially if it's potentially volunteer opportunities that are being presented to you. Don't just tell somebody you're too busy. It's just it's just not very kind. So what are some of the uh, worst time traps that you found? I think some of the worst time traps, email can be a, a kind of a tricky time trap. Uh, one of the things that you can do with email to make it a little bit less of a time trap, for example, is you can make your subject line really specific. And uh, if you put deadlines in there or um, that you need somebody to respond by a particular day or it's about a meeting that's taking place, put dates in there, put deadlines in the subject line. It makes it easier for people to, to respond to and to see in their inbox. Putting key information at the top of the email or no need to reply, or no need to reply to all. Um, at the top of the email can really help a lot. Make the message really clear and concise and the most important information right at the top of the email. Anything that someone needs to do should be put at the top of the email as well in the text. Another time trap that is, is setting unrealistic time estimates on how long something's going to take. It's to, you know, you might hope that something takes a half an hour, but reality is it might take an hour, especially if you've got interruptions going on. So really think it through and don't try to make those wish times happen. You want to be realistic with what you can or cannot do. Another thing, and I know you mentioned sort of at the top about, you know, New Year's resolutions and kind of those things coming up because we're sort of, people are going to be in the middle of trying to do their resolutions. And one of the things with that, a time trap that gets kind of people get caught up in, in making those resolutions is not making them tangible or realistic. And so you want to take the goals that you want to do, let's say, and just focus on one thing 
one goal for, let's say, the new year, 2015, and really make it tangible and make it something that you really want to commit to because you need to commit with your head and with your heart before you can even start to go on whatever that trek is, if it's losing weight or if it's, you know, stop, you know, to stop smoking or if it's to exercise more, you really have to be, uh, you have to really make it something that you truly want to do. So one of the things I, I suggest to people is to make sure that it is realistic, to make sure that they really want to make it happen. It's to ask these questions, you know, is it something that is realistic? You want to say yes to that. Is it something that I want to make happen? You want to say yes to that. Are you willing to work at it over a period of time? You need to say yes to that because there's so many things are just not instantly gratified that they do take time. Um, they do take time over time to be able to do them. And then are you willing to refocus or make adjustments to current priorities if it's something that you really want? You have to say yes to that. So those four questions, you really need to have yeses. If you have any no's in there, you're probably going to get stuck somewhere along the road in trying to get that goal accomplished. So making something really truly tangible and having a plan, an action plan to get it done and making it something that you truly, truly want to do. And when you make that action plan, you have to tie it to when you're going to do those actions. If you say that you want to exercise two times a week, you have to start to plan it in your calendar and put it in there and block time out specifically for that. You also probably need to communicate with people around you, friends, family, that would be impacted um, by your doing this so that you can they know that this is what you're trying to do, exercise, let's say, two times a week. And then you have to just start to make things part of your routine and by doing them, and that's how you start to get it done. You just have to go out and do it. But you have to make it tangible. You have to make it something you really want to do and that it's um, truly something that you plan into your calendar and into your schedule to get done. Uh, well, all very uh, good advice. Uh, what's the time finder honesty and reality check? Well, the honesty and reality check is what asking yourself that if you want that commitment, if it's realistic and you want to make it happen, you, you know, do you want to work over a period of time to, um, you know, do you need to make adjustments to your current priorities? So those, there were four questions and those are the reality check that you need to take with yourself to make any kind of adjustment or change that's truly meaningful to you, again, in your head and in your heart. And Time Finder, it's my company, and I do workshops, I speak, and I do one-on-one coaching with folks, and I, I love what I do because I like to show people that they have more control over their day and over themselves and how they approach what they what they do. I have a website, which is timefinder.net, and if people go onto my website and they sign up for my newsletter, they will, within about 24 hours or so, get 19 stress busters sent to them. Um, at no charge, and there's also a link to there's a link to Amazon on my website to buy my book. Um, it's about time transforming chaos into calm, A to Z. All right. Well, thank you uh, again. Uh, again, we're talking with uh, Ms. Bincy Wyman, as uh, you heard. She's the founder uh, of Time Finder, and again, her book it's about time transforming chaos into calm, A to Z. Uh, Ms. Wyman, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Charles. I was I'm happy to be here. 
And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.